0: Deep in London's beating heart lies a wall, a luck do not be, if you
1: know the call, for if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see, cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin
0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Streetcast. This is a Da Vinci Code reread podcast for master symbologists. I am your host, Liz.
1: And I'm ZC. That's, I feel so proud to be here in the presence of Master Symbology. That's, uh, I assume Robert Langdon had like a tough road to tenure at whatever college he lectures at.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that he must have. Um, And we all, we all took his class and are uh, certified <laughs> Master Symbologists.
1: <laughs> this, this, this book kind of does feel like taking a class. It does feel like a an educational book that fell out of a different timeline, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it has the cadence of like a Carmen Sandiego. I've been thinking about this in the in like the meantime between episodes like like what it, what does it feel most like with all the all the asides about facts and 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 stuff that Langdon knows and I'm like, "Oh, wait, that's just that's just Carmen Sandiego." Like you're in the middle of a heist sequence and then they ask you like how long the great wall of china is and tell you a fact about it right like
0: <laughs> you know what it reminds me of maybe i mentioned this on another other episode but it reminds me of that novel sophie's world do you remember that
1: yeah i think we talked about this but i don't know if it came up on the episode
0: yeah sophie's world was like a a novel obviously in in but it had a bunch of like facts about philosophy and i'm not gonna say that it's a hundred percent right but like compared to the da vinci code it's like a textbook right
1: yeah i remember that being like a really fun read like 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 that w- that was a that was like the 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 tricking you into reading an educational f- book thing they gave you at school that actually like i i did enjoy that one one that one, flatland did you ever read flatland no, I didn't. That's the one where it's like about shapes and dimensions <sighs> and stuff. It's like a weird oh, sci-fi I've novel that to teach you about
0: I've uh, heard of this. Yeah, t- 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 I don't think yeah. I've ever read it though.
1: It was very cool. I don't uh, that's another one that I don't I don't know if it would hold up especially because I uh as much as I enjoyed that as a kid, I uh I am really stupid when it comes to like math and shapes and all that. So I it might just <laughs> like piss me off now if I read it. <laughs> <laughs> getting getting like really angry reading a children's book because I don't get it um, right right <laughs> but it w- I remember it being very cool um, yeah well
0: the Dimitri code is kind of like that except for it's f- full of lies <laughs> it's just full of lies
1: did I make the comparison uh last episode that the like th- this this feels like if if I had to sum up like the whole premise of the Da Vinci Code and like what it did, uh, uh to people, like what it did to people's brains, is it's like, it's like a liberal chick tract. Did you ever get chick tracts? Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, as a kid. Of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is a it is a liberal version of that. It is a it it is like, uh, I don't know. You you would get you would get the da vinci code while trick-or-treating and instead of candy and you'd be really mad and because you got a book that was about how i I guess in this case god is fake uh normally the chick tracks are about how god is real but uh you know same same tone same like sort of like weird condescending like fact uh like listing i guess
0: tax delivery system it's like (laughs) it's like a cross between a chick tract and like a chain email from
1: 2004 (laughs) i we've got to track down i there was that article that we briefly touched on about his uh his 100 men to not date book or whatever yeah yeah um and and there was that like Washington Post I think article about how somebody was trying to order it through Amazon and could never get it because there was like a mix up with the ISBNs. Mm-hmm. And I just realized you can just get it on eBay. It's like twenty bucks. Oh uh, yeah. So I I I'm kind of thinking maybe one day I will I will pull the trigger on that if I see like a, a good price on it and we can go through the whole list because some of those are amazing and and I I think that. Like, despite not being a novel, it's, like, the same, it's gonna have, like, the same smug, like, opinion delivery system going on, right? yeah,
0: from, like, the preview pages, it's (laughs) so smug. The tone (laughs) is just rancid.
1: (laughs) It's so bad, it's all just, like, never date men who, and it's, like, and then you turn the page, and it's, like, one fact per page, one, one one dunk per page. And, like, one of them was always just like, who plays Nintendo? Which is a really funny. <laughs> <point>. <laughs> get their asses.
0: Yeah, the Killing Band of Highbrows are like, The Da Vinci Code. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or the books that he just, like, stole all his ideas from. Oh, well, uh... I, uh, I did get another... Uh, ebay delivery related to this book um, Ooh. that before you take us away into uh uh our remaining like uh, but i guess like the bulk of the episode because we, we still have to get to our fact segment i was thinking we could kind of refresh our memories because it's been a few weeks since we last recorded um and go through the top trump's da vinci code special edition
0: this is going to be so helpful because I I I need a little character refresher, and this will have some facts about about
1: the characters. Absolutely. So I am I am cracking this open for the first time. I I never played Top Trumps. I never collected these, so I have no idea what Top Trumps is. I don't think we'll be able to play it. Uh, I, I, I didn't think know it's there like, was a game. Y- y- maybe I there is. No idea. Maybe I'm, um. I mean, the uh, cards have
0: stats. What else could it be for? There's
1: a, How to play top tump, trumps. Okay, so I've opened I've, I've it up here. Any number of people can play. Shuffle and deal all the cards. Each player holds up their cards in the palm of their hand face up in a pile. Players can only look at their top card. The player to the dealer's left. Okay, so this isn't something we can play over a call, unfortunately. Alas. Alas. Um, but there is a game here, I guess. So maybe, maybe that's something to remember for future. Next game um, night. Next we're game night. Top
0: Trumps Da Vinci Code. <laughs>
1: <laughs> our friends would love that. Well, at the last, at our last game night, we had that <laughs> Harry Potter trivia thing that we could like not make it through. <laughs> it was Grandparents so. Grandparents just don't
0: understand. <laughs> Sometimes you get a Christmas gift and 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 they just don't understand. But that's you right. telling
1: telling your family, yeah, I, I mean, like this is this has always been the experience. Telling anyone, it's like, yeah, I have a Harry Potter podcast, but
0: but not, not like that, not like
1: that. <laughs> Grandparents just don't understand. Um they don't
0: understand the hater podcast. <laughs>
1: Explaining being a hater to your family <laughs> at like Christmas or something. It's like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a hater. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Um, anyway, top. T- Trump's. We're, we're gonna be we're gonna not be haters we're gonna we're gonna get way into this <laughs> yeah. um this this da vinci code card game um <laughs> i just turned i i put the rules card away and the next one is like a, a like an ad like an also available from the uh you know in the, in the in the collection type thing right mm-hmm. um And there's another Da Vinci Code card game called Waddington's Number One. (laughs) (laughs) What? Waddington's Number One playing cards. Each card is a work of art with an ancient message. Wow. There's also a board game and a jigsaw puzzle. A quest jigsaw puzzle. Um. Okay. So the basic format of these cards uh, is that they they have a character or a concept. I think on them, um, and they are all from the book, and they all have a frankly terrifying, I think, chalk illustration on them. I'll post some of these uh, on 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 Twitter when the episode goes up, just so people can see what we're what we're working with here. They they're like. There's so much black in these and and like it all the colors are like highlighted in a way. I think these were done in like you ever walk past a coffee shop and see like a chalkboard sign that someone's drawn like a Pikachu on or something? Sure yeah it, I think it's I think it's chalk on on chalkboard. Um, they're very scary That's a bold uh,
0: artistic choice for tra- for trading cards
1: They're honestly I think if it was like anything else I would think it was really cool But it's I don't know if this very avant-garde <laughs> choice Really works for the Da Vinci Code <laughs> <laughs> If this was, like, an indie, like, horror game or something, I'd be like, damn, this looks fucking cool, but, uh... But no, it's Robert Langdon. (laughs) It's Robert Langdon, um, looking very... Uh, jaundiced on this card um, But the the Main reason I wanted to pick these up Is we found these cards poking around online And they have like statistics Listed for every character And they seem <laughs> to be complete Nonsense like they are just numbers Tied to So here's a real one His age 45 um, Did you peg him as 45? I kind of Pictured him older I guess
0: I don't know. I think 45 is right on. So I I guess I just looked right into the heart of Robert Langdon.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I guess I guess he's sort of just like nebulously middle aged, kind of like a James Bond, I guess. Um uh, his power and influence is 60. (laughs) Out of what, I don't know. Uh, whether whether that's power and... It, like, power and influence is two things, but there's just one number, but it is just 60. Um, if we assume that 60 is high, he takes quite a nosedive in the next category, wealth and value, where he is a four. Which is too bad. Wealth
0: and value. So, by value, is that like... <laughs> <laughs> like a moral judgment? Or is that, right. like, is it saying net worth?
1: <laughs> like, like, see, the thing is, is there's wealth and value, which I would assume, like, like, maybe he's not super wealthy, which I don't, I I, I, I get the impression that he is quite wealthy. Um, but if he's not, surely his value as, like, a professor in a very... Uh, interesting field would would give him some value more than four or maybe four is really high i guess we'll have to compare it against the rest of the characters mm-hmm. um fact faith or fiction is a category here uh and this is my favorite one uh because it this is assigned a numerical value of three <laughs> and i'm not sure what the fuck that means
0: I love that the category has an or in it, which to me, it's like, did they pick, could you assign a numerical value to each and then average them? Or do you take like the highest one of the three? Or the lowest one of the three? It's just, like, so many possibilities. <laughs>
1: I, I don't know. I, I think my best guess is that it would be, like, fact is one, faith is two, and fiction is three. But I don't have any evidence for that. And I also <laughs> question, like, what the difference between all of the categories is. Because, like, you can have faith in a fact you can consider faith fiction. You can think a fact. is There's, this is a very nebulous, <laughs> uh, a very, very nebulous category, no matter which way you slice it.
0: And I'm sorry, what, what did Robert score on that one?
1: A three. Oh, okay. So, oh, so we can't, I, it, surely it isn't. Cause if it was like fact is one, faith is two and fiction is three, he would rate fiction which yeah. he's the facts guy, so that can't be right.
0: That's true. So, so everything he one. says is right.
1: So I have no clue what this means. But he fact, fact, faith, or fiction for, is a three, and finally his mystique is <laughs> six, and I don't know whether that's a lot <laughs> or a little. <laughs> if you, if you were like, if someone asked you how like what kind of a mystique they had, and you and you t- you told them six, what? Uh, what what would what would do you think that's low? Do you think that's high?
0: I mean, what is his power like? Sixty.
1: His power and influence is sixty. Yeah.
0: So everything else is like, it's like puny.
1: Yeah, he seems kind of doggy. Honestly, like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if Ro- Robert Langdon has what it takes. I guess we'll have to like compare it against other characters. But but like wealth four, mystique six and and whatever three in fact faith or fiction means is like not much he doesn't seem very powerful no but except power and influence is 60 so i guess power isn't like i guess none of this is like is like totaling his power very confusing
0: i don't know if i would Um, say that he's a very powerful character
1: Yeah, I guess he mostly gets, like, chased around with a hose, is sort of, like, the whole plot of the book. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Like, (laughs) he fell down a well when he was a kid. Um, He's not, like, fighting guys or anything. So I guess, yeah, he's, yeah, very, very curious. Shall we compare him against Sophie?
0: Oh, yes, please.
1: Okay, so Sophie's age is 32, her power and influence is 51, so a little so less. Less, than yeah. Robert, but still
0: but, not like crazy less.
1: Yeah. Uh wealth and value is a four, so the same wealth and value rating here.
0: Hmm. I did not get much of an impression of her wealth um from the no. <laughs> from the novel. Uh
1: I mean her grandfather was very wealthy, clearly. So
0: Oh right. I forgot about
1: that. Maybe. Who knows? Her mystique, however, is eighteen, huh? So, like, three times as mysterious as Robert Langdon. Which
0: Interesting.
1: I, I guess, I guess that's a good that gets us a good. Well, although I, I don't think it gives us that good of a grip on what the mystique means because triple would imply a lot, but if, if it's out of like a hundred, like I assume the power is, then eighteen is still like nothing. They're getting really granular maybe with these.
0: Does she get like um mysterious woman points?
1: Ooh, maybe. Is that
0: what, is that, what that little buff is on her mystique?
1: <laughs> she has the she has the divine feminine about her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh the these characters do have little blurbs too. uh flame haired sophie flame-haired. I didn't know that. Oh. Did you remember no. that? <laughs> no Flame-haired Sophie is the granddaughter of Jacques Sanire, curator of the Louvre Museum in Paris when her grandparent is murdered. Sophie discovers that she has, he has left a message for her to decipher, and that she must search the Louvre for answers. And as she uncovers an ancient secret protected for many years by a legendary society, Sophie begins to understand her grandfather's life and hidden responsibilities. That's not really her mystique, though, is it?
0: No, I, I guess... She- she is related to Jesus, so that's some
1: mystique. That, oh, that's true. Okay. So so hold on, actually. I, I gotta rewind here. If if being di- a direct blood relative of Jesus Christ only nets you an eighteen on the mystique scale. Yeah, wait, and what is Robert? Robert's a six. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And is that, do you think that's because he made it with a direct blood relative of Jesus Christ? That's right. <laughs> yeah, you got <laughs> <laughs> so so if being in the world of the Da Vinci code, of being related to Jesus is only an eighteen in the in the mystique category. What what on earth would net you like a 50 there? It must
0: be out of 20.
1: <laughs> ah, cuz there's really not much more more mysterious than that, I think. That is about as mysterious <laughs> as it gets in this is, in this book. Is the Holy Grail. Yeah. That's
0: a lot of mystique.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Um Okay, uh what would you like to take a guess at uh, what her fact, faith or fiction score is?
0: Um 1
1: <laughs> I am sorry, her score is 3.
0: Okay, so th- so Robert Langdon and and Sophie are on the same the same
1: level. The same not not sure what that level is, but they're on the same one. Maybe they've got all 3. Oh, ooh! I like that, although then <laughs> th- then it should be like fact faith and fiction, right? The ore is really throwing me for a loop,
0: yeah, the ore is kind of messing me up
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, let's compare her against Bishop Oringarosa. What do you say? Yes, okay, ooh, this is a really terrifying drawing of him, uh. So he is age sixty. His power and influence is eighty five. So wow. pretty, pretty fucking powerful. Again, he's just like a a bishop in a in a in a prelate Like he's not a he's not the pope. I would put like the pope at an eighty five, maybe.
0: He had power and influence over like one guy, and a otherwise pilot. was a puppet.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah, there's Silas. Yeah, he controlled Silas and it didn't really go so well. And also he very nearly failed to bribe a private jet pilot at one point. <laughs> like his influence wasn't really that strong. It feels like no, um, I feel
0: like I feel like he had negative influence because we, we see him like get humiliated by the Catholic Church. He mostly yeah. like doesn't have influence. That's his whole character.
1: There's that scene that I really like from his perspective where he, like, goes to the Vatican and he gets really pissed off that there's a, um, like, an observatory there now or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, that, that, that part's really funny. And it's just, like, just imagining this, like pissed off old man walking around getting steamed because <laughs> there's a telescope in the Vatican is really good, <laughs> and that does not scream power and influence to me. He is, a, no. he is a, an impotent man uh, mm-hmm. in this story. Um, wealth and Value, of course, he is a member of Opus Dei, uh, so he is at a four on that, which I kind of get except that i think that the top trump's card designers here might have forgotten that like a big part of the story is that he's a huge hypocrite in this department
0: and right he's got, like
1: he's got like a fancy ring and takes private jets and whatnot
0: i guess it depends on whether the ring was in his inventory or not
1: when it was <laughs> when he it was measured
0: do-
1: <laughs> he does have to take it out of his inventory so they could get to london at one point you're right Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe once uh, the the cop gives him the ring back, he'll he'll have a higher score. Uh, yeah, in fact, he
0: does have he- a suitcase full of Vatican bonds, I suppose.
1: <laughs> Question <laughs> of whether they're Wait. that valuable. <laughs> I'm still like there there's there's a great version of the Da Vinci Code where like he gets away with it and like it, there's a scene where you see him trying to like spend a Vatican bond at like a resort in the Bahamas <laughs> or something, and they're just like, what no, like what? We don't take these. <laughs> we don't what, 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 what are is these? This? <laughs> um uh I think you're right, by the way, because the illustration uh, there's a there's a jet taking off behind him. So maybe this is right after he got off the plane and his ring is on that plane.
0: <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> so so that's why his power and influence is so low. Um, his uh, his mystique is a 12, which I feel like. Again, just mapping this out here, mapping the scale out here, being (laughs) a, like, Harvard professor is a 6. Yeah. Being the direct blood relative and the living holy grail is an 18. (laughs) Uh, And being a fail bishop is a 12. (laughs) (laughs) Just... Just really trying to get a handle on like the scope of the of the st- statistics here.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm more confident that it's out of twenty though now.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I guess. Well, I guess we'll see if anything goes over. Uh, and for fact, faith, or fiction, I'll let you guess again.
0: Um, one, because he's got faith.
1: Well, faith is two. Do you? Do you want to go with two?
0: No, I think he's got one of the three. Oh, I think the
1: or oh, is a mistake. Okay. I, I see. I see. I see. I see. Um, okay. So 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 one because he has one one of the traits. <laughs> one of three. Okay. Um, I, I regret to inform you that his fact, faith, or fiction score is three. Damn it! So we have three threes so far. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Sir Leigh Tebing. This is a really nasty illustration that I can't wait to make everyone look at uh, <laughs> on, on Twitter. His age is 65, his power and influence is 75. I guess that makes sense, he's pretty famous in the book. Um, now, wealth and value is at 7. And I thought the whole thing with this guy was that he was insanely wealthy.
0: That was his whole thing. He's got, like, That's- private jets. He doesn't have to, like, follow the the rules of the common
1: man. Right. Et cetera. So, wealth must be out of ten, I guess. Because, which is, get we're getting, this is getting a little confusing. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, like, what the cap, what the stat cap is for each, each category here. <laughs> um... So yeah, wealth and value 7, which is a little a little odd. His mystique is an 11. So like right up there with with the bishop. Huh. I I I guess he gets some mystique for being the secret bad guy. In fact, maybe that would give him the most mystique. I would think.
0: Yeah, perhaps Mystique to us, the reader, but not Mystique within the, within the The Da Vinci Code universe, you know?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I guess he's like the ancient aliens guy would be, you know, Mm -hmm. or something like that, or like a, just a guy who like appears in documentaries to say, to like, say a fact, right? Yeah,
0: and then he's just got a gun at the end. (laughs)
1: Um, uh, Would you like to guess his fact, faith, or fiction score?
0: I just, I mean, it's got to be three, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. His score is three. <laughs> He's got all three. Okay. Silas, age, 30. Power and influence, 35. Wealth and value, two. Mystique, Aww. 13. And would you like to guess his fact, faith, or fiction? Two. Two. <laughs> I am sorry the correct answer is 3. God damn it. <laughs> he also looks like a goddamn alien in this in this. He's he looks like a drow. They like give him like long elf hair and he's like wearing a cape. They they, they drew him in the scene where he's like nude uh and, well, obviously. and like wearing a cape and so he just looks like a Warhammer mini from like 1987 or something. He's <laughs> very scary. Okay, the teacher, uh, age 65, uh, power and influence, 99.
0: It's the same guy, we've already it's done
1: this. It's the same guy, so that is confusing.
0: Same guy, different stats.
1: Being the teacher, also, only gets him, like, 15 more. <laughs> Uh, well, I feel um, like the other
0: one should be zero then, because all of his right. influence and power is
1: being a teacher, teacher. Yeah. Uh, now here's w- w- what's really confusing: is that his wealth and value is six, which is only one less than he than <laughs> Teving, who he is. <laughs> so did he spend like one value points worth to become the teacher?
0: No, he's like um, like a business owner that keeps money in separate companies. Uh,
1: <laughs> we gotta combine his scores here. Mm-hmm. Um, Mystique, ooh, this is blowing the lid off of our previous theory. Oh no. His Mystique is 22. <laughs> he's overcapped. <laughs> so, just for the record here... The guy who, like, talks through a cardboard tube into the phone to make people (laughs) shoot guys is more mysterious than the direct blood relative of Jesus Christ. Sure. By, like, a fairly significant amount, it seems. Yeah. Uh, And finally, fact, faith, or fiction? Do you want to take a guess?
0: Uh, zero. Zero.
1: I'm sorry, the answer is three.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, these all cancel out then. What is the game?
1: I, I promise I have not looked at all of all of the character cards. Like, these are all three. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, just just breezing ahead here. Uh, so, Bezu Fosh, the the policeman, age 41, power and influence, 70. I don't know if I agree with that. Whoa. I thought he was sort Whoa. of like a, fa- a fail cop a little bit. Uh, uh, wealth and value four, mystique nine.
0: I don't know what mystique he could possibly have.
1: He's, like, like, textually, he's, like, a void of, of mystique. That's, like, kind of his bit, right?
0: Yeah. He's the bull.
1: Yeah, he's he's just, like, a really angry guy who's just good at, you know, like, he... he Wants to be good at his job, but is, like, sort of not great at it, and, like, all the cops whisper behind his back and stuff. That's, like, they, they characterize the guy who is, like, not in the book very much, like, pretty well, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, fact, faith, or fiction. You wanna take a stab in the dark at this one?
0: I just, I don't wanna guess three again, <laughs> so how about one? <laughs> it's, it's Three!
1: it's three <laughs> why is it always three <laughs> why even have it on there <laughs> um i'm gonna skip over a couple so we've got uh uh, J- uh jerome collett the like tech cop guy um his faith fa- uh, fact faith or fiction three we have jacques saunier uh fact faith or fiction three um What's well, here's a new character. Here's an interesting character. Uh, we have Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, <laughs> age sixty-seven. Power and influence hundred and ninety, so twice as powerful as Whoa. the teacher. Whoa! Uh, Mystique twenty-five. And okay. do you want to guess? Do you want to guess his fact, faith, or fiction? Um, one. You are, you are correct. You are spot on. He is Finally. the only, he is the only first card I found that has a one on it or anything okay, different than three. Okay, what does it mean? What does it fucking mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like scroll through the rest here. Shout out ones that you want to, to, to explore. So we have, uh, Andre, Verne, that's the bank guy. We have, uh, Remy. Wait, I, I actually don't... love
0: the bank guy. He was, like, my favorite character.
1: Okay, the bank guy. So, when do Andre?
0: Yeah. Andrei's... I no high wealth and influence because of that watch that he flashes. Yeah, the
1: Rolex that he shows at the, at the, the checkpoint. Yeah. Or, excuse me, uh, wealth and value. Right. Age 38. That seems low. He, he struck me as an older gentleman, I thought. Uh... Uh, power and influence fifty three, which doesn't. If you're like the head of like a Swiss bank, that y- you've got more than fifty three power and influence. I think
0: <laughs> he's just that, the manager of like the the, the branch, just like, like the he's Chase just the branch. branch. Yeah. <laughs> it's the it's the manager of the Chase and the Fred Meyer.
1: <laughs> um, wealth and value five. He's got a Bull- Rolex. Bullshit. He's got a Bullsh- Rolex. He's got a Roley. Uh, his <laughs> mystique is seven.
0: Bullshit. He's got a Rolex. He's got a Rolex.
1: Uh and then fact, faith, or fiction, I am sorry to report. We are back to it being a three.
0: How could that be? <laughs> that How- doesn't make any sense. How is Da Vinci one and the bank <laughs> manager at the chase and the Fred Meyer? It's <laughs> <laughs> three.
1: Oh my god. Okay, going through real fast here. So we have Remy, we have Mary Magdalene. Uh we have uh, the- Wait, wanna-
0: what is Mary Magdalene's uh fact faith or fiction? <laughs> it's a two. Okay, so being dead <laughs> reduces your score.
1: Oh my god. Um oh, wait, hold on. Is Okay. I'm piecing this together here is, is maybe it, maybe we were kind of half right earlier. So fact, faith, or fiction. So it's one, it, you can't have multiples unless there is just like bad grammar stuff going on here. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Ta-
1: taking it at face value, is it, is it saying that if you have a one, you factually existed because Leonardo da Vinci does exist and, it and has a one for sure. And Mary Magdalene has a two, which is the first one we've come across. And that, if that lines up with faith, that kind of makes sense.
0: And Robert Langdon is fiction.
1: Is fiction. It So there, I, that's gotta be it, right? It has to be I think we've cracked the code here, yeah, Mary Magdalene is a two uh the Louvre <laughs> the Louvre <laughs> is a one, okay, yeah, yeah, so the Louvre exists, it's a one. The Vatican is a one. Opus day one it's a fact- oh, okay, it's a
0: fact. It's
1: a fact. O- it's a fact, okay. The facts Westminster- of the da Vinci code. Okay, well, uh, I mean, now we're back to this being confusing because Rosslyn Chapel is a two.
0: Faith. West, Westminster I mean, Abbey,
1: can you double check? Can you Google? I'm pretty sure Rosslyn is real. It's
0: real. I looked at it yeah. online. Um, okay. But maybe it's just more faith than it is fact because <laughs> it's a church. It's But so is Westminster Abbey. Yeah, but the <laughs> tourists go there. <laughs>
1: Oh my god. Also, because they like are using the same layout for every card, I- including the buildings, the age for Westminster Abbey and Rosslyn are listed. So we have age 961 <laughs> and age 560 for those. So true. The Vatican age sixteen hundred and eighty. Yeah, let's put a, a pin in that because that's a fact that we'll we'll have to come back to mm. later mm-hmm. in our facts discussion. Mm. So we've got the Bank of Zurich. We've got the Castel, uh, the Castle Gandolfo, the Priory of Sion. Fact, faith, or fiction? Ooh, ooh, great now, question. Uh, fact, faith, or fiction? They've listed two here, which. Goes against huh. the very first line of the book, which is fact, the Priory of Sion exists. Huh. Or, so some editorializing from the from top from trumps top here. Trumps.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so the Saint Soul Peace, the Knights Templar, The Last Supper, the Vitruvian Man, the Holy Grail. Uh, okay, the Last Supper they've given a two, but that painting is real, so again, kind of confusing.
0: Yeah, Mon- but... <laughs> but <it's>, you know, <laughs> Jesus is in it.
1: Uh, cryptexes are listed as fiction, if we're going by this rule. Uh, the the Silice belt is a two... I think those exist, or at least, like... I, you know, I don't think they're like commonly used, but I think those did exist.
0: There's a photo of one in my in my DaVinci Code edition.
1: Ooh.
0: Kind of gnarly, kind of gnarly last, looking.
1: The last one is the Fibonacci sequence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is a one, so it is a fact. It has yep, 15 that's right. 15 mystique, which is like How old not is bad. it? Not bad, you know. The according to this, the Fibonacci sequence is is uh, slightly less mysterious than uh, uh, like a a policeman, which is. (laughs) How old is the Fibonacci sequence? 804, according to this. Okay. so I assume that that would check out to when this book when this when, when the book came out. Oh, okay. And the final card, the final card in the deck, it is, is is an explanation of what all the terms are. Are you ready? Yes. Maybe yes, are so ready. Yeah, yeah. This is okay. So, age, the age of the fictional characters that appears in this uh, that appear in this pack have been estimated According to the novel and movie, the age of the works of art have been calculated according to the year of completion and the uh, institutions from which they were founded. The age of the buildings were from when construction began. Okay, so that one was fairly self-explanatory. That's the easy one. Power and influence. Many things in the Da Vinci Code are, are influential or were influential at the peak of their powers. Statistics have been measured in terms of influence on the general public, and the high-scoring cards in the category are likely to have influenced all of our lives, whether we know it or not. What? (laughs) Excuse me? So, but hold on, they've... (laughs) But they gave, like, fictional characters, like, 99 on, on here.
0: Is this in the universe of the Da Vinci Code, or is it in our world and how I've been influenced by Robert Langdon?
1: Right, that that seems a little nebulous here. The Vatican, I forgot to mention, has 250 power and influence, which seems appropriate. Yeah, I suppose so. But compared to some of the other stuff here, I'm just like, (laughs) the scale seems very, very out of whack. Uh... Uh, okay. Wealth and value. There are rich characters in the Da Vinci Code, and there are wealthy institutions. There are also very valuable objects. The this category ranks each card according to an estimated value. But like, like out of dollar? what?
0: Like, <laughs> <Yes>! dollars? Like dollars? <laughs>
1: Does I'm choosing to believe twenty
0: dollars. <laughs> I'm
1: choosing to believe dollars. That would mean that a cryptex is twenty two bucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Grail is, is a tenor. Uh, <laughs> that, that's perfect. <laughs> what do they mean? Hold on. So, about wealth and value, wealth and value of the Vatican is ten with two hundred and fifty power. So. Because the Vatican... they gave up all their bonds. <laughs> that's that's right. Actually, they gave all the money to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> the okay, hold on. Yeah, so so if these are all if these are all to scale, like they say it is, the wealth and value of the Vatican is ten, but so is the Depository Bank of Zurich, which is the made up bank that the bank <laughs> manager <laughs> with the Rolex <laughs> <laughs> works at. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, mystique. Now this one I am really looking forward to the explanation of. The Da Vinci Code is all about secrets and legends. <laughs> That's so true. Some of these cards have strong historical links to mysterious societies and ancient myths and have an aura of mystique. These cards score highly. Hmm,
0: an aura,
1: huh? An aura. An aura of mystique, so ties to mysterious ancient myths, and the, again, the woman who is a direct descendant <laughs> of <laughs> Jesus Christ is like a, eh, she's kind of mysterious.
0: That's a little bit of an aura of mystique,
1: I suppose. She is less mysterious than the Mona Lisa, according to this, and way less than the Holy Grail, which is 31. But she is the Holy Grail. She is
0: the Holy Grail. What Fuck. what is the what is the text on the Holy Grail? Uh,
1: the Holy Grail says the traditional representation of the Holy Grail is that of a chalice used at both the Last Supper and then at Jesus Christ's crucifixion. Joseph of Arimathea is said to have caught Christ's blood in the chalice before bringing it to Glastonbury in England. Oh, he was partying. He was going to a music festival. Yeah, uh, hell yeah. Uh, from the m- medieval quests to, of uh, Sir Galahad and King Arthur to the Hollywood adventures of Indiana Jones, stories about the Grail have always fascinated mankind. The Da Vinci Code suggests that the chalice is metaphorical of a hidden truth.
0: So this is kind of like not in the Da Vinci Code universe.
1: Yeah, this is sort of like real, which, which makes this extra confusing because I, I, I guess I would agree that it is sort of, it does have a mystique. But, like they've marked it as faith, but the Holy grail is not a like canon religious object it's right. a it's it's like a it's a bit of like a folk tale that's like spun out of interpretations of, of of mentions of the chalice right so it's like i don't know I don't know, I don't know I don't know what the i don't know what what top trump's is is. Is, is measuring mystique by here. If. Mm-hmm. If. Mm-hmm. All right, and finally, most importantly, are you ready for the official explanation? <laughs> the official yes, explanation. It, it,
0: better, it better be good.
1: <laughs> the official explanation of fact, faith, or fiction. This category measures whether an object is real one, made up two. Oh, whoa!
0: Hold on!
1: Wait, wait a minute! Hold on! Made up two, or whether the facts are unclear three. Hold oh, what? <laughs> Our explanation makes more sense than the official one. It is unclear whether Robert
0: Langdon is real or not. <laughs>
1: going crazy! What are they doing? (laughs) Some of the Da Vinci Code's subject matter is based on theories and suggestions that some believe but many dismiss. The highest scoring card wins. Uh, so if you, there are a lot of threes in here, so I think, I think the balance (laughs) might be a little out of whack here.
0: Wait, so The Last Supper was fiction?
1: Yeah, hold on. (laughs) Uh, whether an object is real, one, made up, two. So so the things that they are listing as twos are like, the Holy Grail, okay, so sort of, like, I, yeah, kind of a folktale. The Last Supper, that is a real painting. Do they mean the Last <laughs> Supper itself was made up?
0: Da Vinci made up the painting. He made up the painting. <laughs>
1: Uh, Saint Sulpice is a two, but the Priory of Sion is a two. Well, this Priory of Sion is made up, but it is. Th- th- this is so confusing because it's like, is it made up in real life? Made up in the story? Made up like theologically? Like you don't believe in it? Like this is their, their explanation makes less sense than ours. This is a mess. This is a total mess. <laughs> Mary Magdalene's a two- Oh, oh god okay well i'm i i i i feel like i have learned absolutely I, this has confused me more i need to brush up on my da vinci code facts
0: yeah um well now is the perfect time
1: yeah to brush
0: up on some facts don't you think
1: <laughs> i think i think this is the perfect place to to get caught up uh i i'm very glad we were able to go through the top Trump's cards here to kind of refresh our memories, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it back over to you.
0: Perfect. I think it's important that we talk about facts for this book, a book that starts with a little foreword about how all the historical facts are real from an author who likes to say that all of the research is true. I have a fun little um, selection of Goodreads reviews that, and they're mm. all I think five stars um, from some people who. <laughs> who maybe learned learned some things, so I figured that I'll start with one, and then maybe we can dive back in uh, occasionally here. Um, The Da Vinci Code delves into the relationship between the Christian church and the world of paganism. The story itself is a mystery surrounding the murder of a French curator. Not only is it a grippingly beautiful story, but through Robert Langdon's hunt through information of secret societies, legendary tales, and truths of the origins of Jesus Christ, I have learned a vast amount of knowledge about the history of the Catholic Church, famous paintings, influential characters in history, and a detailed view of the pagan world that I had never even heard of. This novel has rekindled my love of lore, legend, and mythology, and has given me a desire to study and explore more. Despite its almost 600 pages, I could hardly put it down. (laughs) Wow. I think that's a pretty good summary of people's reaction to this book.
1: Yeah, yeah. There was a... There was a lot of, uh, like, uh, like revelatory, like, reaction to this book. Uh, it, it did change a lot of people's lives and, like, uh, opinions, maybe, which is a very funny thing to consider when you, like, look at what the book is, um... But like people people were like really fucking into this stuff. I mean, like, you know, there's the we had the Top Trumps thing here, but like there were like history channel specials and shit about this book. And we talked a lot last week about how like Shook the Catholic Church at least like pretended to be, right? And like even uh non-Catholic churches pretended to be. I I, I think I told the story about how when I went to see the movie, uh, a local not Catholic church had like taken out an ad at the beginning, inviting everyone to like, come, come to the service that Sunday to see what the real Da Vinci code secret was, you know? So like, it was a moment people, people got into this stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, I feel like I went into reading this book, um, hoping to have a little bit of a laugh at people's expense for believing it. And Mm -hmm. to to be fair, I still do like kind of right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was not prepared for how deceptive this book felt.
1: Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> I guess to, like, kind of loop back, like, it's a... it, it That kind of adds to that, like, chick-tracked feeling, right? Like, it's very manipulative, <laughs> honestly, in presentation.
0: It, it feels like it's trying to get one over you on you a little bit. Mm-hmm. In a way that was surprising to me
1: yeah i mean it it is like the 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 vibe that i get from like the book and from 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 Dan, (laughs) just like (laughs) reading about like reading his interviews and stuff i mean my absolute favorite interviews with him are the more recent ones where where every every interviewer will ask him like you know, so what do you do to prepare for writing a novel? And the the answer is always like, oh, I, uh, I travel to all of the places in the book uh, and do and do intense research, and I really go to all the places. And it's like, yeah, you write books about like guys who stay in really fancy hotels and visit landmarks. <laughs> like, you write about your vacation. Uh, his, his library in his mansion is called the Fortress of Gratitude. Um. Wow. He's, like, you just get, like, a little bit of a, like, snake oil salesman from this book. It starts with a a fact that is, like, immediately Googleable, is completely false, right? Like, it's just, yeah. Deceiving is a really good way to put it.
0: Um... Shall we get into the specifics of the the facts in the novel?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a good idea. I mean, the, 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 like we I, we will get like nowhere close to touching on all of them, but I I think I think we've both probably got a list of stuff that's like funny that sticks out that is just like completely just off the wall, provably yeah. wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that I have a um, a. a Important resource that's going to help us kind of um, forge a path uh, through the novel, and I'm speaking, of course, of Screenrant.com, <laughs> <Fuck> um, yes, <laughs> which has an article called "Da Vinci Code: True Story, What's Real and What's Fake." <laughs> Perfect. <And> I- <laughs> and I'll start right here at the top. Mostly real existence of the Knights Templar and the Priory of Sion. <laughs> Good job, guys! <laughs> Mostly real. Feels real. Could be real.
1: <laughs> um, So to be, to, to, to be clear, that says the Knights Templar and Priory of Sion?
0: Mostly real. Existence of the Knights Templar and the Priory of Sion.
1: Okay, the Knights Templar were real. And there is a kernel of truth in the book about their, like sudden, like, ascent to power and wealth and the way that they acted as a, like, uh, money-moving organization that sort of, like, became, like, a centralized uh, financial power that kind of spooked the church a little bit. That is true, and there's some really interesting um, uh, uh, stuff you can read about that, that all spun out of that, and is honestly like maybe more interesting than some of the conspiracy stuff like in the book, right? <laughs> but like that that part's real. The Priory of Scion is not real. It is total bunk. It was invented in the 1950s. Uh, the name has floated around in history for a bit, but the one, the specific one that the that the book is 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 kind of hinging on is is the brainchild of a, of a French guy called Pierre Plantard who forged a bunch of documents to say that this thing existed, tried to sell the documents, tried to sell the story, tried to just, just, it was like immediately dismissed and was proven, you know, they went to court over this in like 1993 to prove that like the documents were forged and stuff. So like there is no wriggling out of that one. <laughs> like that one is just fake completely utterly made up no 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 documents no priory that that stuff is just bullshit
0: okay let's see what Screenrant has to say about this because they do kind of like well let's just see the existence of the Priory of Sion was indeed real, as it was a fraternal organization founded by Pierre Plantard in 1956. However, the nature of the group differs wildly from Brown's portrayal okay. to the claims that the Priory busted members <laughs> like Leonardo da Vinci and Victor Hugo. While this is not true, the historical Priory of Sion did present a series of documents to prove the existence of a bloodline <laughs> descending from Jesus and Mary Magdalene, which was later exposed as an elaborate hoax. So So it's real. It's it's a
1: real fake. Okay. So we're getting, okay. Yeah. So we're getting into the, did the top Trumps guys write this article for Screen Rant? Maybe. I think
0: so. (laughs) I think it is so funny to say it is a real hoax.
1: Yeah. Like it is. Here's the thing. Say, say that, that, that you really pressed Dan Brown on this. You look up like other stuff that Pierre Plantard was into. You, that's not a wagon you want to be hitching yourself to. Probably he's just, like they they go really hard on on uh, on on like center centering the story around this 1950s hoax. It's like you do not. That is a big big red flag zone. Don't go there. Those guys. That was a uh, French nationalist. Uh, big anti-Semite, uh, huge con artist. Don't, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like, put, I wouldn't, uh, uh, hitch, hitch my book to that, maybe. Not, not great.
0: Do you think he knew?
1: Dan Brown? I don't, yeah. There, yeah, I don't know. There, there is so much about this book that I am curious about, like, what he actually believes and it's very difficult to get a grip on that because for as like explosive as some of the like religious allegations are um he doesn't like none of his other books have been about that right like th- it was kind of one and done um also like the church kind of gets off easy in this book all things considered he is very careful to say like, well, the, you know, the Pope is actually quite liberal and the, the institution is improving and, and and like most of the Vatican is great, but there's this Opus Dei and they, they have all the problems, right? Like he, he's right. not, I don't know. I, I don't really know what his angle was.
0: I kind of get the feeling, and this is obviously just for fun because I have no clue, but I yeah. get the feeling that he's just the worst researcher of all time.
1: <laughs> that that would follow because like the, the the all the lawsuit stuff um where where the authors of these like also pretty spurious books that are presented as more historical like he's borrowing so directly from their research I kind of wonder if he has like when you were in high school or middle school even did you have the teachers who were like Like, don't research online unless it's from a .gov or, like, Wikipedia or something. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel like maybe he sort of operates in, like, that level of understanding of research, where he's like, well, this is a book that's published, so obviously... It's in the nonfiction section, after all. I- exactly, exactly. It's it's the it's the like you can't you can't do your research online, but as long as it's a book that you are citing, this will fly in your paper. Like that is sort of the vibe I get from the Da Vinci Code because this he he cites the stuff even in the book. He like name drops these books, right? And there's that bit where the editor is like, "But these are real books written by real historians," and it's like it's almost like he wrote. A scene like imagining what he wanted to happen when he presented it to his editor, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like this. Imagine, like he just wrote this. Like this is how awesome it's gonna be when my ma- when my editor is like, Mister Dan, your book is stupid and made up. Well, guess what? These are all books that I got at the library. <laughs> like it's really, it's really funny. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I I don't I don't know what he actually thinks. He seems more interested these days in like writing classical music for children as opposed to like having any like stance on like organized religion or anything.
0: Yeah, yeah. This the stance is confusing. Um yeah. let's uh let's take a look at our number two here. Yeah. Um mostly fake. Facts about the Louvre Museum and its paintings
1: okay yeah I'm gonna give screenrant the the thumbs up on this one that is that is true nearly everything about the paintings and weirdly the like design of the museum is just wrong uh I think the funniest one that I think is like obvious, but I think it's like worth worth really singling out is uh there are not six hundred and sixty six panes of glass in the pyramid
0: yeah, screenrant mentions that i I think that Obviously, there's a lot to pick at with the overall historical narrative that is, like, made by the book. But the things that, like, get under my skin are, like, those little factoids yeah, that, that drive me nuts. Like, the 666 panes of glass, um, even the Knights Templar one, where it, like, as a weird aside, Robert Langdon says that, like, oh, the Friday the 13th is from when all the... The Knights Templar were executed, or whatever, and that's just not true. Um, <laughs> the The bees thing—I'm sure I mentioned that one in our oh first episode. God. The like, yeah. if you divide the female bee by all the male bees, you get the the, the divine number, whatever. That stuff just bothers me.
1: Yeah, the um, because those are so; those ones are the most insidious because they are they are presented. For one, they are almost exclusively presented in scenes where he is acting as a teacher to students,
0: right? True, Mm -hmm. and and
1: which just like gives it this, this 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 like projection of like this is a this is my cool teacher character saying a fact to you, the audience, right? Like like it's a it's a very thin, flimsy framing device to get a fact out, um, and and they're like almost all wrong. When I when I was looking for a uh, a Kindle version earlier of the YA edited down edition of this book, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> which is a whole other thing I'll, we'll get into if we have time later. Um, the number one quote on the, like, you know how Kindle will, like, surface what, like, the most highlighted passages are? Yeah. Uh, all three of them were Langdon teacher quotes. The first one was the uh, divide your belly button, the distance from your belly button to your chest to the floor or whatever to get the divine ratio. The second one was the bees quote, and the, the third one was the ratio of male to female students. Like, people fucking love that shit, and it's all completely bunk. Like, it's total all, it's bullshit. It's all
0: fucking email-forward shit.
1: <laughs> it's so... It's It's... It, yeah, you're right. It, like, it gets under my skin because it's the most obvious lies. Like, like it, it is. It's not even like a like a stretched religious interpretation where you're like, eh, well, I don't really buy that. But like, whatever. It's religion anyway, so you can kind of believe what you want. It's just like these are just plainly not true. Especially too in a book that's supposed to be about like rational thinking versus religion (laughs) yeah that's i think the like there there is a world where where i want like i imagine like what if what if the da vinci code what if the real secret of the da vinci code was that it was a false flag operation to make atheists look really stupid (laughs) yeah (laughs) because there's like There's so much wrong in here, both about science and religion, that it just, it's kind of mind-boggling.
0: Can I read another Goodreads review?
1: Absolutely.
0: So this is what a five-star book looks like. I'll give this book five stars, and I would give it more if I can, I got hooked on from the first page. I loved how the chapters are short. And for the first five chapters, it was like an introduction to all the characters, a chapter for each character. And this is something that I liked because it made me feel, because it, it made the reader so familiar with the characters. So you don't feel lost. Dark academia, not slow paced. I was in love with all the plot twists. OMG. I learned a lot about Leonardo da Vinci at the museum, symbology, cryptology, and the history of Christianity. I 100% recommend this book to you guys.
1: <laughs> that that first the first couple sentences is me reading Maximum Ride. There are a lot <laughs> of chapters, they're very short. It introduces all the characters. That's right. <laughs> oh my god yeah i guess i guess this book oh these the these these reviews are making me feel queasy i'm like yeah yeah you're learning a lot about the history of christianity Ooh, my tummy hurts
0: Ooh. oh something i forgot to mention these are actually reviews of the ya edition
1: oh specifically the ya one okay mm-hmm. oh so we're learning a lot Ah, uh, mm, mm, that, that, that doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel good to me. <laughs> oh, I don't like this. Ooh. The well, YA edition is like such evil genius marketing.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, might as well republish it, right?
1: Yeah, they republished it. They like edited it. Like went down from 104 to like 84 chapters. They cut out all the sex cult stuff. <laughs> There was a very funny article I found from the Guardian that was like, "Do teens really need an edited down uh, uh, version of the Da Vinci Code?" Posting, you know, it was like it was mostly like one of those articles. It's just mostly tweets, right? And and yeah. they were all like, "How how dumb? How dumb does the publishing company think we are? We we can we can read adult books?" <laughs> it's just like, well but people bought this one it probably worked pretty good i don't know this was this this evil genius Uh.
0: (laughs) well don't don't worry about the teens because on my next um my next item on our list is mostly real which are the certain inner workings of opus day
1: Ooh, okay Tenting my fingers here what does screen rant have to say
0: opus day was founded in spain in 1928 by catholic saint Jose Maria Escriva, and remembers, remains controversial to date. Brown incorporates the inner workings of the organization in order to add layers to the character of Silas, the main antagonist, who resorts to murder on being spurred by the teacher. Brown portrays some inner workings of Opus Dei in a fairly accurate light, such as when he shows Silas... Played in the movie by MC's vision, Paul Bettany, <laughs> using a spiked belt to carry out corporal mortification, which is in keeping with the organization's actual practices. Hmm. Also describes the new headquarters of Opus Day in New York with great accuracy and touches on the controversies the organization is often embroiled in.
1: The Opus Day one is tricky, I've got to say. Um, yeah. Because... Uh, I, I don't know if you encountered this as well. There's a there's a, like a whole wiki page that I like kind of went to as like a first first uh, uh, port port of call for like looking at sources for for the facts section. Um, that's just like Da Vinci Code controversies and inaccuracies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and there is a lengthy description of how wrong all the Opus Dei stuff is. That is one thousand percent written by someone with Opus Dei PR in mind. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so there's a thing. There's there's one inaccuracy that I think is is mostly true and worth pointing out, which is that the book slash Dan Brown I think maybe doesn't understand what a personal prelature is. Mm-hmm. Um. Cause in the book, it's like the way they use it is is like you're like describing like a personal friend, you know, <laughs> like like uh, <laughs> yeah. The way that the the, the personal prelature stuff is used in the book is like closer to American Baptist conspiracy ther- theories about the Jesuits, like like right. the, Je- the yeah. Jesuits being like the secret the secret like MI six catholic spy shit um that that's sort of the way it's treated however the rest of the like article that i could find on this was like all stuff about how uh opa's day can't be misogynistic because half of the members are women which is really (laughs) funny um and how uh because there's there's also the there's the bit that's like sort of true in in the book about how you know there's some controversy over uh, John Paul II making that guy the the guy who who founded the um uh the uh, Opus Dei a saint so quickly while he was like still alive I think mm-hmm. or like maybe right after death he was canonized um and yeah that's pretty weird and their explanation for that is like well that's just how how good of a friend he was to John Paul II <laughs> okay <laughs> that's not really a defense of, of that one so that one's tough because like Dan brown does get a lot of stuff wrong about it i but like also a lot of their denials are sort of in like i don't know weird weird obfuscation territory could you find anything else out about this not much
0: i watched a video of a opus day priest guy um but but nothing uh that substantial about it. I think um,
1: the most, the, the like the biggest one that is just like a, a fumble is that they don't have monks. That well, right, yeah. That one's kind of a bit like that one's just kind of a big oops on Dan Brown's part. There, there are no monks in Opus Day.
0: Yeah, that's kind of a gimme for the Opus Day uh PR squad for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that w- that that's where like, like that one was sort of a bummer cuz it was like, well, "I don't want to hand it to the Opus Day guys. Yeah, under, under no circumstances am I going to hand <laughs> Opus Day anything, right?" But uh yeah, not not very accurate uh portrayal, I guess.
0: Which again just just leads me to believe even more that that Dan Brown is just the worst researcher of all time. <laughs>
1: he was he was like mixing up Opus Day with Opus the Penguin from uh from Bloom County or something.
0: <laughs> he just he just was focused on the wrong stuff. Like I know that he was poking around on that Divine Ratio website that I sent you <laughs> with all the like diagrams and shit. And he was spending just, his time on that instead of like looking like does the Opus Day have monks? <laughs>
1: Yeah no so 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 Opus Day does not have monks and personal prelature does not mean personally overseen by it means that it is a prelature that oversees persons so that, like like I, I really hate to ding him on that one honestly because like I said under no circumstances do you have to hand it to Opus Day but uh, those are whiffs
0: yeah yeah it's time to take a trip to some art history and uh, Screen ran is giving us a mostly fake certain claims about Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, Tom Hanks, Langdon, uh, Nouveau, and T-Bing are presented as expert cryptographers who hold the ability to decipher cryptic symbols in ancient texts. These characters discuss Leonardo da Vinci's reverse text, which was indeed used by him to cloak some of his progressive theories on <laughs> astronomy, geology, and archaeology.
1: Oh, However, the, part where they, the part where they don't recognize backwards writing is my favorite, <laughs> my favorite puzzle in the book.
0: However, Brown greatly exaggerates this fact by suggesting that da Vinci left clues in his artwork about secret religious beliefs, which is untrue, as per art critics and historians. Brown also claims that da Vinci created elixirs of immortality, along with torture instruments. This is almost entirely false, as suggested by the utter lack of historical (laughs) evidence. (laughs) Apart from this, Langdon's claim that da Vinci's diary contained intricate design of the cryptex is also untrue
1: this stuff is difficult because it's just like everything the book like from the paintings to the guy himself to like his name like i this is one that i like i really almost regret having to be like a pedant for but it's it's it is really funny the book is called the da vinci code and they keep on calling him da vinci and i know that that's like you know that's that's a Whatever, that's the colloquial way to refer to him now, or whatever. But, like, well, you've got a book about, like, snooty art teacher or, like, snooty symbology teachers and stuff, and not one person at any point in the book says, you know his name was not Leonardo da Vinci, right? Like, his name isn't of Venice, <laughs> You gotta
0: admit it's a catchy title. Oh,
1: it's a fucking great title. It's 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 not something I, uh, that like I really care about, but it is surprising that like at no point does Langdon go like, uh, "Actually, his, his real name was just Leonardo da Vinci." Is just where he was from.
0: Oh my gosh, can you imagine if Sophie if Sophie like said like, "Oh, and like said da Vinci at some point, and he got that moment <laughs> of being like, "Well, you know." <laughs>
1: That's, like, his whole character- I think that's why it surprises me. It's like, that's basically his character, and so when characters do say stuff that's just wrong and he doesn't jump on it, it's like, well, I don't know if Dan knew that this was- this was wrong, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, D- Da Vinci- uh, I, th- these- these ones are at least, like, fun You know, like, it's fun to imagine that Da Vinci was, like, Q, but for the Assassin's Creed guy, right? Like, it's fun to imagine that Da Vinci was, like, a secret art prankster. These ones are at least less dangerous than some of the other, like, made-up facts in the book. Like if yeah. if people walk away from this thinking that like Leonardo da Vinci was leaving like secret gay code in paintings like that's that's <laughs> that's fine that's 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 whatever that's better yeah, I than don't know
0: Leonardo da Vinci is in like AFK arena so like that's fine <laughs> that's all good
1: Right yeah he, yeah he like like the the some of the facts are you know they don't line up like none of the uh, d- 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 is this where, is this where they talk about the paintings, too, or should we save that? Is the Scream Rant get into the paintings specifically?
0: Not really. I think okay. that that's their big art... Um, okay. <laughs> wrong about art. Okay. And so Da Vinci. Le- yeah, yeah, so
1: let's get into that, then. There's a lot of wrong about the art stuff in here. He was never commissioned by the Vatican, uh, as far as I could find. Like, he was commissioned by... Specific like abbeys and, and and whatnot, but like the pope was never like get me a da Vinci. The uh, the painting that uh, Sophie threatens to like break with her knee. Um, again, I'm sorry. I'm I, like this is like super pedant mode, but again, something I would expect the art history book to take into account. That painting is not on canvas. It was on like a huge block of wood. So that would be pretty <laughs> impressive if she could put her knee through that. That's the mystique. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's her mystique score coming in. That's the that, you know those like uh, strength of Christ guys that go to like schools and churches and stuff and do like bodybuilding stuff are like this this is what yeah. the Lord this is what the Lord's strength gives you and they break a brick. That's what she was doing with that. Absolutely. The, the, the my favorite talk about the because you had the illustrated edition, so you can you can talk about like <laughs> the uh, the specific painting fuck ups in here.
0: Yeah, I mean that was probably my, the the most fun uh, experience of reading this book is that there are all these like the moments where Langdon is explaining some sort of hidden clue in the painting or, or some, some conspiracy and the painting is in the book and you can just see that it's wrong. Like, or, (laughs) or it's just like stupid. Like the one where Langdon is explaining that Mary Magdalene is in the last supper. And one of his like points is that she's wearing um, like, opposite color clothes like complimentary to him like oh he's wearing a blue cape and a pink tunic and she's wearing a pink cape and a blue (laughs) tunic and and everyone in the painting is wearing the same colors and it's just like right there (laughs) right like those were the paints he had Um, yeah there's on the um uh virgin on the rocks or madonna on the rocks or whatever it's called uh he straight up mixes up Jesus and John the Baptist. Like it's just the wrong, it is referring to the wrong figure in the painting.
1: That's so good.
0: (laughs) Which seems like, I don't know much about art history, but I feel like it was pretty apparent from looking, (laughs)
1: looking at the painting. Who was who? Uh, My my favorite part of that one is that that that's like, has like the, the sinister undertones of that painting that shocked the person who commissioned it. Uh, And they made him change it and do a second version where it was less scary. And it was, like, because because Mary was making a a throat-cutting gesture over (laughs) John the Baptist or whatever. And she
0: super isn't. And it's just right there in my book, printed. (laughs) There's also, like... Th- the mystery hand in the Last Supper holding the knife, where it's oh, right. like, see the see the the hand that shouldn't exist, and you can just look at the painting, and it's like, I don't know, I think it belongs to that person, and it's just like <laughs> held at a weird
1: angle. <laughs> it's like Dan Brown has like weird object permanence issues just with paintings. Like, oh, look at this mysterious floating hand. It's like I think it's just like behind the person in front of it. Actually, they're <laughs> because the They're all, they're all crowding around. Jesus, they're, they're, uh, I don't know. They're pointing. Hands are going every which way. I I don't know. I I think it's attached to somebody, surely.
0: How about some pagan history?
1: Ooh, yes.
0: Well, don't worry. Key facts about pagan history and traditions are mostly real. (laughs) Oh, word? They're mostly real. Don't worry about it. Okay, okay. All right. The, the dubious portrayal of primordial traditions, historical events, and religious practices pervades all of Dan Brown's novels, such as the inaccurate and oversimplified accounts of the Renaissance and the Black Death in box office flop Inferno. Ooh,
1: damn. Ooh. Get However,
0: the Da Vinci Code does get the basics of pagan history mostly right, tracing back to the root word, which originally meant country dweller, the pentacle is deemed as one of the most ancient symbols on Earth, which is also true, but Brown's claim that paganism only represents the, quote, sacred feminine is flawed at best as the symbolism embedded within the symbol is more nuanced and comprehensive. Nonetheless, there is much truth to the claim that pagan symbols and deities were demonized by dominant religious structures and that Christianity borrowed heavily from pagan traditions, similar to those seen in 2019 breakout pagan folk horror masterpiece Midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> um for instance Brown is mostly right when he states that December 25th was also considered the birth date of Mithras, Osiris, Adonis and Dionysus which most is mostly due to the fact that the end of December is closest to the winter solstice a historically significant time to celebrate miracles and rebirth but Brown falsely claims that the I lost my place. that Saint Sulpice is a pagan astronomical device as in reality it is an astronomical instrument whose brass strip is not called the rose line. It-
1: <laughs> this is a really funny one because the words here are okay I get I mean like v- like like so many things including the Da Vinci Code itself paganism is a really broad term that is always treated like it's one religion or something, which is, it always bothers mm-hmm. me. But, I, I don't know how they wrote all that and then came to mostly true. Mostly true! <laughs> mostly
0: true! Mostly, literally true.
1: Like, the, the Da Vinci Code is about how, like, paganism, this made-up version of paganism, was just completely right about everything and is the basis for all religions. But also, it keeps on name-dropping, like... Amen and Osiris and 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 stuff and like it's like it's like okay so is that our 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 Egyptian religions the same as like European folk religion like 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 just very very confusing uh uh not very well put together thesis in the Da Vinci Code. That that that's a rabbit hole you could spend way longer on. I think it is maybe the most insidious part of the Da Vinci Code.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that's why uh, Screen Rant maybe focused a little bit on some uh, literal, uh, literal details.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you if you zoom out and, and consider what the Da Vinci Code is is saying about like again, huge air quotes here, paganism. I uh, mostly through I I think stupidity rather than malice. Not that it's an excuse, but it it, it does uh, say a lot of uh, eyebrow raising stuff about other religions in its attempt to take down Christianity a peg. Which is uh, that that's the that's the worst part of the book. I I think.
0: Yeah. Well, the. Facts about pagan history might be mostly real, but uh, certain claims about Jesus and Mary Magdalene are mostly fake.
1: (laughs) Okay, all right, let's go.
0: One of the most controversial claims made by Brown in The Da Vinci Code was the union of Jesus Christ and Mary Magdalene and the bloodline that existed due to the same. Other movies like Passion of the Christ insinuated (sighs) a stronger bond between the two than is biblically portrayed. (laughs) But in Dan Brown's timeline, they fully got down to business. (laughs) While explaining this to Nouveau... Langdon starts off by claiming that Magdalene descended from the tribe of Benjamin, much like the first king of Israel, Saul, hence making the bloodline royal in nature. The problem with this claim is the lack of historical evidence <laughs> and the fact that Magdalene meant from Magdala, hinting that she did not hail from the tribe of Benjamin. Besides, textual evidence in the canonical Gnostic Gospels and the New Testament, which is the source of Brown's claims, do not support his interpretation. Furthermore, the falsity of this claim can be traced back to Planthard's ideas – which have already been exposed as an elaborate fabrication.
1: Yep. Again, another situation, kind of like the Templar thing, where it's like, the actual story is, like, kind of way more interesting than the one that was made up to fit the novel. Right. The book specifically names the Cathars. Do you remember that part? Where it's talking about, like, how the Cathars had the grail. Of the, they, they saw, that, you know, when this castle oh, was yeah. being sieged, the Cathar they saw the Cathars sneaking out. The Cathars literally believed that Jesus did not have a physical body. But if they ha- had the evidence that Jesus like had a a, a physical body, why like the, the 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 evidence uncovered in the Da Vinci Code is way more <laughs> destructive to like catharism than it is to the Catholics. Like <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, do you feel like he should have just made more stuff up? Is that the problem? Because I I'm trying to get to why this book bothers me so much Mm -hmm. because it's like i know that it's fiction i think it's fine to make up a a conspiracy scavenger hunt novel about like jesus having like blood descendants yeah but something just just bugs me about this and it it's just got i think that he should have just made more stuff up (laughs) <laughs> At the end of the day. Yeah,
1: there's plenty of stuff that's, like, cool that makes shit up about religion to fit the story, right? Like, I don't know, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, pretty good. Uh, the, the I don't think there's any... Again, that's another Grail story, right? And, like, mm-hmm. that that even makes up, like, even more specific shit about the Grail, about how you drink it and it makes you live forever and also you have to stay in the cave or whatever. Like, that all works because it's, like, a story that's self-contained and also at no point does Indiana Jones look at the camera and tell you, like, fact. Uh, there's a cave somewhere in the Middle East with a cup in it you can <laughs> drink out of, right? Like.
0: Yeah, I guess that really is what it is.
1: <laughs> I, I think part of what bothers me is that um, it's touching on so many interesting ideas that, that it almost feels insulting that it's not going with the real story that is cooler, and you could probably make cooler stuff up about, right? Yeah. Imagine how funny it would have been if this had suddenly made people start being Cathars again (laughs) or something, right? (laughs) Like if they, if they leaned really hard on like the, Oh, the Gnostics got really fucked over as, uh, you know, by, by the, by the, by the Catholic church or something like there is cooler fiction you could make out of a bunch of the real facts. But like, this is, uh, this book is, is I'm going to make up a term here. It's, it's research core, like Mm -hmm. in the the sense that like they're the first paragraph on wikipedia about all these topics is as deep as any of them go and that means that they're going to be incredibly wrong because there's no further thought put into it it's just plugging in a uh uh, uh, like a concept, and 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 running with it when the actual juicy stuff is like a little I don't know. Scroll down at least two or three times.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe find some primary sources. I think that's what gets me is that it feels like he was tricked by that other book. The right. um, gosh, what is it called?
1: Uh, the it's blood like the something.
0: Uh, blood of the holy holy grail and the holy blood or something yeah, that is yeah, the yeah. like. debunked obviously nonfiction section book (laughs) that is essentially the nonfiction version of the da vinci code that talks a lot about the priory of scion as if it were real yeah uh, etc and it was like dan brown got tricked by that and thought that would make a good novel but i'm going to like source that book as if it were true (laughs) right yeah which is so confusing yeah instead of just saying like knowing that that nonfiction book is false and then thinking like, Oh, but that would make a cool story. I'm going to make some shit up. Right. Yeah.
1: Does it have a similar feeling to you of like, do you get madder at like liberals who are stupid versus conservatives who say something stupid? Yes, absolutely. It's, I think it, I think it is like a little bit like that for me. Like, you are supposed to be closer to my end, right? And and either making me look stupid or saying stuff that's wrong and, and pushing people away. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. It's like don't make me defend my enemy. Right, yeah. Like like the stuff you are making up about religion is like and history and everything—it's like it's wrong. You are catching a lot of other religions in the crossfire in some like pretty questionable ways. You are getting basic. De- the one that drives me fucking crazy is the the constant use in this book of the Vatican as like a like a like a power structure, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the Vatican did this in, in history. The Vatican made sure this happened and all of nearly all of the events it describes with like the council of Nicaea and stuff the vatican didn't fucking exist (laughs) like (laughs) neither neither physically nor as a as a as a like catch-all for the, the the roman catholic church they're talking about like the vatican going to the council of nicaea what are you talking about that was in 356 there wasn't even a pope what do you want about like <laughs> just just basic facts getting getting mixed up here? Uh dates get, ah crazy.
0: I have another good review for us. It's gonna give us some hope. Absolutely. And this is again the YA version, so I think I think this is our our hope for the future. I've never read anything with so many plot twists that still felt put together and well written. It made me question my whole belief system until I looked it up and realized it was mostly made up. I loved it.
1: <laughs> okay, that's me. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote that one. I, 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 I may have just bitched about how bad the book is and how mad it made me, but I did. I, I, it was kind of fun. It was. It, yeah, it was kind of fun. Was, wasn't it was kind of fun, wasn't it? I had, a, I had a good time reading about Robert Langdon.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, does Screen Rant have anything else for us here?
0: Nope, just a little conclusion. Um, It does include the quote that I would like to read again from Dan Brown, um, which is, The irony is that I've really come full circle. The more science I studied, the more I saw that physics becomes metaphysics and numbers become imaginary numbers. The further (laughs) you go into science, the mushier the ground gets. You start to say, oh, there is an order and a spiritual aspect to science.
1: That is so good. The, oh man, that one is so tragic because I think, I think there is like, if you look at it from a certain angle, there is actually quite a sweet sentiment there. I, I. The
0: imaginary numbers part just fucking kills me. Yeah, like.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The. I, I think, I think it is very, very, very wise to be, you know, if you consider yourself, uh, like an atheist or agnostic or, 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 or anything, to, to keep an open mind and to, and to not believe in religion, but to, uh, have a, a a like curiosity and understanding in how uh, as to how like spirituality informs and has informed history. I think that's a very that's a wise and humble position to have um, and I think that he is trying to describe that there. but the road he takes to say <laughs> <laughs> when the number when numbers become imaginary numbers. <laughs> Oh, it really sums it all up. That is his, that is his, like, thought process, is you... you
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Again, getting... Just having
0: some big, big thoughts in the uh, library of gratitude.
1: (laughs) He, yeah, he is, he is so close to being very thoughtful there, but just can't help but reveal (laughs) how dumb... (laughs) <laughs> his perspective <laughs> is yeah oh my god oh I Alrighty. Yeah.
0: do you have any closing thoughts on the facts of the Da Vinci Code um
1: this is a good one this is uh, I found this on a on a art critic uh, w- art critics website Fred Sanders Uh so you remember the uh, Amon Elisa anagram puzzle I sure do that 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 one it's you know a very long wind up to the solution of that puzzle, even though it's like <laughs> it's like two letters that got rearranged one letter that got rearranged <laughs> um but he gets to talk about Amon for a while uh unfortunately uh the Mona Lisa is not the actual painting's title, so
0: damn it, <laughs> oops.
1: Uh, and yeah, with that, I think that, that covers all of my facts on my list here.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you for um, helping us out with the facts, because I don't know shit about history.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, and, and to be clear, I, I also could be getting some of this stuff wrong. I am, I am by no means a scholar. This is just stuff that I have picked up from reading probably a, at least past the cover of a few more books than Dan Brown did. <laughs> On this one, so. <laughs>
0: I would say I would say so. Even if you get some stuff wrong, we'll we'll give you a badge for that one.
1: You and I share share a, 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 an annoying an annoyance with this book in that it's like it's too close to stuff that I care about, right? And, mm-hmm. and in my case, it's not that I give a shit about like whether the Catholic Church looks good. It's that I like medieval history, and he keeps getting it wrong.
0: I also think you're right that it doesn't make the Catholic Church look bad. Like no. they got mad as hell about it. Yeah. But it really is not it's it's is very like oh the Catholic Church isn't that bad. It's just these Opus Dei guys. And no, it wasn't actually the Opus Dei guys. It was a um, rich eccentric guy <laughs> right. with
1: a gun. The the main Opus Dei guy gets like a sweet ending.
0: Right. He gets his ring back and like so just be like, oh shucks.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so trying to trying to piece together what the book believes is very difficult. But I think just looking at the book, looking at Dan and what Dan has done since the Da Vinci Code with origin and all the other books he's written, it kinda seems like maybe this this was never something he cared about that deeply is kind of the impression I get. Yeah, it's I'd li- say that's fair. It's a little mercenary feeling, right? Like mercenary
0: bo- from the guy who wrote "A uh, Hundred Guys Not to Date" to the <laughs> coffee table <laughs> book.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He went from that to a techno thriller to just just in the middle of maybe the biggest. Uh, 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 Scandal to ever rock the the Catholic Church publicly he wrote a book, kind of kind of poking them a little bit, but not really not not enough for them to get really mad at him. I don't know right, yeah, I don't know
0: this this book is
1: um I was gonna say hugely
0: influential, but I don't think that's true. it is hugely selling
1: <laughs> yeah yeah what what have you? Do you, like, see the Da Vinci Code influence, like, around you in, in fiction or the world still? Like, what, what do you what, – no. what lingers? And,
0: and what I want to know is for the general audience that that really read it and stepped away from it and said, oh, this made me really question my beliefs, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I, I don't even mean that in the, like, the way that, like, someone who – like had their deep beliefs shaken i Mm -hmm. I guess i mean like the every person that was like huh that's i didn't know that you could divide a bee by all the male (laughs) bees and get the divine number right right?" like yeah I, i don't i don't think that there are a bunch of people going around thinking that um the holy grail is like jesus's blood relative do you like i don't think it had that holding power on people
1: I think ultimately if if the Da Vinci Code like pushed was the thing that like pushed someone over the edge in terms of like their religious beliefs they were already 99% there. You know what I mean? Mhm. Because because the thing is is that like the Da Vinci Code doesn't really offer a theology or or a philosophy at all, really. Mhm. It's like biggest emotional Resolution is that, like, Langdon both decides to keep the secret and also knows where the Holy Grail is, and also in doing so, does I guess tell the audience where the Holy Grail is. I w- God, do you, do you, how many visitors a day do you think the Louvre gets of people asking, <laughs> like, can I see that? Can I see the, the Grail under the upside down one? Um, but, but like there is no actual like thesis to the da vinci code really at least in terms of like what you the reader can take away other than things for you to be smug about to your coworkers i guess like like if you have a christian coworker i bet that a lot of people were very annoying to them when this book came out right like you know what i mean just like like oh oh did you know that the holy grail is is a lady and everyone's just having to like go uh-huh for a couple of weeks <laughs> at work and yeah i there there it doesn't offer anything other than uh party tricks really i guess it's it's like a it's a book full of anecdotes for you to to tell the people at parties but it doesn't there's nothing in here that like Tells you you should convert to paganism, the real religion right. that exists, right, or, or anything like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess in that way, like it has, it has no impact because people are already walking around with those anecdotes, right? They're just more right. to add to the pile,
1: right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it it's like I mean, like you say, in in that way, it really is a chain email, right? Mm-hmm. The meat of the Da Vinci Code that someone could take away and how it could like change their life directly is that they can tell people at parties that if you divide the distance between your feet and your belly button and your nipples then you get the divine ratio which is really no different from from like emails about hippopotamus facts or something right like it's just it's it's empty calories
0: yeah, the chain email that sticks in my head that this book reminded me the most of was one that I was probably sent in like 2003 or 2004 by someone who very sincerely um, you know forwarded it and then said like, "Wow, I, did you know this? I had no idea." And it was this like the story about like eagles flying to the top of a mountain to like shed their beaks and grow a new one. Oh yeah and it and i was just like that's it was just like this moment of being like i don't know like 13 and getting something from an adult and being like no they don't what are you talking about <laughs>
1: um yeah i guess if there's like one key difference between um uh like chain emails and the da vinci code is that like a chain email is somebody random being wrong and the Da Vinci Code is like you can be very famous being very wrong, right? Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like the world's it's it's a chain email with with even more cultural, you know, even more reach than a than a than a chain letter. I don't know. It's it's uh it's something that everyone knows and nobody cares about. Right? Like Yeah. Like nobody the Catholic Church isn't mad about the Da Vinci Code anymore. Uh I doubt there are any atheists, you know, self-described atheists who would cite or admit that their like path there was the Da Vinci <laughs> Code. You know? Like they're probably arriving at that thought through other other experiences. But we all remember the movie being kind of bad, and we all remember reading the book in high school or college or work or what. Like, like we all we all touched it. We all experienced it. We all read
0: that one, didn't we? (laughs) But
1: it just didn't. It's weird. Like this this conversation has been popping up a lot with like. Yeah, like I think it's almost like too it's it's too cute and kind of an I mean it, it is a party guy fact now to say that like avatar made a billion dollars and didn't have any cultural impact right but like I think the da vinci code might be the real one of those right like like yeah <laughs> like that's one that like we all know we all read uh it influenced a shitload of media for about two years uh and and now it now dan brown kind of just has like some dedicated fans reading the langdon stuff which has nothing to do with the da vinci code anymore he's writing children's books about elephants playing classical music he's he's vibing he's he's finding trouble elsewhere he's not he doesn't need to look to the church anymore to get to get in trouble
0: it makes a thrilling uh, real life drama instead <laughs> Alrighty. Well, unless you have any more closing thoughts, I think we'll take it to the close.
1: Yeah, that sounds good to me.
0: All right. Um, you can find us at patreon.com slash That's um, right. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge shout outs to them. You can find them on Bandcamp. And I already... See, I'm trying to do yours, and that doesn't really work because mm. I'm just like going. I because I made the intro mine, yeah, but I didn't yeah. really like do the same thing for the closing. Um, so all that stuff I said is true. Um, <laughs> true still, um, and I guess we'll we'll get uh, back to you all with what we're, we're doing next um, uh, in the next couple of weeks or so. Yeah. Uh, but for now. Please read another book. Please
1: read another book. There's a lady there, makes ocean roll seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch her eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.